You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Friday. We're coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. I've got Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, and Ryan LaVoy with me. Here inside our studio, coming up on today's show, Tom Green of AL.com will join our program. We're going to have a little installment of Big Deal, Little Deal, or No Big Deal, a nightly TV guide, our birthdays in sports, and so much more, including your phone calls, 334-887-3401. Go ahead, get the phone calls in. We want to talk with you here on this Friday. Again, JJ, Cam, Brant, and Ryan all inside our studio. Gentlemen, how are we feeling today? Doing good, sir. Um, getting ready for the long weekend, Memorial Day weekend, Ooh. and uh, I think all of us are either traveling or have someone traveling to us. So yes, sir. Uh, we've uh, we've got busy weekends ahead, but uh, looking forward to the weekend. Very thankful to uh, watch the Golden State Warriors advance to the NBA Finals last night. Um, I got a little stressed early fourth quarter as Dallas made a nice run to end the third. And to start the fourth, but other than that, Golden State played a, an excellent game. Uh, proud to see them back in the finals. Really, if you want to talk about um, six for six in terms of healthy years and having their full complement of players throughout the entirety of the year in, in reaching the finals. So very excited about that. Excited to continue to watch crazy pl- NHL playoff hockey. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw last night, but, Edmonton, Ca- Calgary. but Calgary and Edmonton yeah. had four goals scored in a, in a minute and a half. Yep. yep. Which is just insane. NHL and uh, record. Yeah, it was like on that. the. Uh, I put it on the second TV while the Golden State game was was on, and uh, I just would watch. <laughs> I'd watch a possession or two of Golden State dead ball. Look over. Oh, another one. <laughs> Go back. Hit a three. Timeout. Oh my gosh, they scored again. <laughs> and you know, and then talk talk for a little bit watch a commercial go over there like did i miss another one was that the <laughs> score the last time so uh great great playoff hockey last night and uh eastern conference finals probably will conclude tonight but game six at the very minimum yep. tonight and uh yeah just uh, keeping track of everything sec baseball tournament finally has no rain today so uh just still a lot going on excited to be here excited for the long weekend Brent, how are you? I'm doing great. Glad it's Friday. Uh, very excited for this weekend. Going to go home and see some people that I haven't seen uh, in a little while. So very excited to go do that. Uh, excited to talk about sports today. I uh, I have a complaint with the conference finals in that while they are entertaining, none of the games have been close. And I, I know I'm not the only person <laughs> to have that sentiment. It's just hey, I, I'm not a I'm not unique in complaining about that. But uh, it is an interesting thing to me. And you know, it's it has been. 
I, I don't want to say boring because the storylines have been good. Yeah. But it, the games themselves have not been super interesting. But uh, uh, glad to be here. Glad it's Friday and uh, looking forward to whatever happens today because I know it's going to be something weird. Cam, how are you? Great, great. Ex- also extremely excited for the long weekend. Um, I'm going to spend some time with the lady and just kind of hang out. But uh, same with... <laughs> Heck <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, watched, uh, just just like uh, Ryan watched a little bit of the uh, NBA playoffs last night and watched the Warriors advance and see Steph Curry get that first ever Magic Johnson Western Conference Finals MVP award, which was really cool to see. Those trophies are really cool. Yeah. Um, I guess is that something that they're going to be doing from now on? Yes. Yes. Okay. And if you think about it, uh, I was talking to JJ about yeah. that, or JJ brought this up to my attention. We've always had that in baseball between right. the ALCS and NLCS. So this is not like some like participation award. I guess so. This is not abnormal for leagues to award their conference champions right. with an MVP award. Yeah, they're really, honestly behind really the good. eight ball. They yeah, should have really, done this a long time ago. Really good and legitimate for them to add that. Um, also, watch. Uh, I unfortunately don't have two TVs right in front of me that I can watch, so I just kind of flip back and forth. So I missed a couple of the, the goals. The two TV setup <laughs> is elite, man. Yeah, it, that it, is, it, it really that's is. So good. I, I very much wish that um, you know uh, my roommate and I were able to set that up so we could <laughs> get that. Um, uh, but yeah, I watched um, watched Calgary and uh, Edmonton. Watch Edmonton move on. I was pulling for the Flames because um, I had a friend and she's a Flames fan, so I was like, well, I guess I'll pull for them. Um, but I'm still pulling for the Tampa Bay Lightning to score as many goals as possible. That is my monthly prediction for them. So uh, really want that to happen. But yeah, really, really doing great. Do we break the news to him? Well, I I think he knows. Yeah. The the Lightning series is over. Oh yeah, they can't yeah, play yeah. again in in May. Oh, you're right. Yeah, so they're done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were exciting. too good. They yeah, decided, they, you know won. what? We're going to not let win. the other yeah. team I score. Forgot that they win had. any games. And in their three year run now, because this is their third year, obviously they have not lost a playoff series yet. Uh, this was their first sweep. Yeah, believe that or not, they had had at least a five game series in all their other series victories. So that hurt. And then it, it could have started. If Carolina and New York had finished a little quicker, because they're yeah. still playing their series and they can't play again until tomorrow, I think the earliest series could start is the first of June, maybe May thirty first. I'm not exactly sure, but either way, they're not getting more than one game yeah. in with all the goals scored by Edmonton. There, yeah, they're yeah. not catching them. But yeah, it was. It worked against. I mean, like you know, you guys know I'm a fan of the Lightning, so I'm not right. gonna like actively root against or root for more games, yeah. but. That was uh, it was not in count. It was counterintuitive, I guess. Oh, I would say. So upsetting. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine. If you would like to call in and be a part of our program, let's go to our Auburn Bank phone line for the first time during today's show. And joining us now, we've got our good buddy Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve now joins us here on the program. Hi, Steve. Well, good afternoon, and Brent, how was your birthday? Birthday was pretty good. Didn't do anything special, but that's what this weekend's for. Woo. Okay, so the special stuff is coming this weekend, then. That's right. Okay. Um, no, am I asking for TMI, or can you share with us what kind of special stuff? <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it just going to hang out with some friends. Nothing spectacular. Okay. And you'll see the family. Right. I mean, that's and, exciting. And the family. That's and the family. That the is birthday. also happening, yeah. So we can be safe to say we won't be reading about you in the OA News, then? No, no, no. Okay. Hopefully not. So stay, stay out of trouble. All right, Mr. Ryan LaVoy. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm going to have fun with you, okay, if I can. Who said the following? I just can't pick the Warriors. 
because I hate their fans. Charles fact, Barkley. Their fans were obnoxious. I just want these people suffer. <laughs> Charles Barkley. And what did they do to him last night? Uh, they threw threw, threw a couple things at him, too. Yeah. Chuck, yeah, you suck. And, and, uh, and the rest of the uh, cohorts on the, on the TNT show said, what? Hey, Chuck. Uh, it looked like he was getting ready to, I don't know, was he going to uh, go uh, into the audience and uh, throw a few punches? kind of looked that way. He was, <laughs> Kitty was uh, like, Chuck, Charles, sit down. Sit down, Chuck. Sit yeah. down. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was getting close to a tipping point, yeah. Yeah, what is his uh, – clue me in because I, I don't really know what the history is behind it. Why so much animosity that <laughs> Charles has with uh, the Warriors? Yeah, so you know obviously I love Charles um, just being an Auburn guy, and he is certifiably hilarious. However, Warriors fans don't like him because he's never really picked the Warriors. Like he even back – the first few years yep. uh, that they existed, he didn't like the way they played, uh, never picked them, um, and then said when Durant came that they ruined the league, um, and, and then again just started picking against them again this year. So really he's just he's just never really liked and, and latched on with the Warriors, and, th- and that's where the fans kind of started. The Warriors fans started to uh, dislike him, and then, and then now Charles – it says you know he doesn't like the fans. It's like well the fans don't like him for a reason. So it's just a it's just a back and forth. Now I didn't know they were allowed to get that close, but apparently from what I saw in the video, they were throwing uh, drinks at him and, and shirts. Is that right? Yeah, the one on one occasion. Yeah, at the, at the when he stood really? up, that when he stood up, they threw a couple of things at him. It was like a they like threw a shirt and some water, and then he stood up and. Looked like he was about to throw some hands if uh, if any of that continued, but it did not. Picked up continue. his coffee yeah. mug and was about to yeah. toss it. Chuck, don't play. Well, I thought they usually have security guards around um, that area. They do. People get that close. Every TV setup has to have security on hand. Anytime you do a live broadcast like that with fans involved, you've got to have security there. So that that's why it was only a couple of them because it stopped really quickly. The couple guys got something in, and then and then it ceased to exist after that. Well, in the words of uh, the fictional Doctor Strange, it just got out of hand. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on, guys. Uh, something I brought up uh, a few days ago, and I really want to get your comment. And uh, I did hear, uh, by the way, uh, Mr. Um, uh, um, uh, we had Connor O'Gara yesterday. No, and No, the other day before, it was uh, used to be Auburn 247 sports guy. Uh, Brandon Marcello. And, yeah, Brandon Marcello. I was surprised. That he didn't make uh, any comments about uh, Vegas uh, win win total uh, predictions uh, for uh, for Auburn. Uh, but that aside, um, you know he did bring up a subject that I want to get really uh, your candid thoughts about, and that is because this is I'm not I'm not supportive of this at all. But apparently at the uh, spring meetings that are going on, I guess they started uh, today or is it next week? Uh, next first of SEC, next week, yeah. Uh, SEC only conference uh, playoff you know about that guys right that's being bandied around yes uh, I have heard about that what they're looking at doing is instead of taking uh, divisions they're going to move to some kind of pod schedule and they haven't nailed that down yet but what they're going to do is they're going to take the top four teams in the conference and make an SEC championship playoff and then have the regular college football playoff okay because what I read 
uh, from AI.com is being proposed as to be an 18 playoff in the SEC. It might be 18. To, that they were going to like crown their own uh, football champion. No, then, no, no. Uh, but the Pac-12 has decided that they're not going to have divisional champions. They're going to have the top two um, in their in their conference. Another uh, conference is doing the same thing. So there's not going to be like a SEC only football champion, and then that's it. No, no, no. Still going to play the national championship. Yeah, whoever whoever the SEC champion is is still going is still most likely going to go to the college football playoff as it is right now. Okay, okay, all right. And then uh, Mr. Goodman has uh, some questions on AL.com for the uh, uh, spring uh, uh, SEC meeting. Have you seen his three questions? No, I haven't. Tell them to us. Uh, the three questions oh, are actually kind of funny. Uh, why is the SEC so white? Now, that's a good one. In other words, all of the SEC coaches, even new ones uh, that have been hired, have one thing in common, he says, and they're, every coach is white. So... Um, what do you guys think about that question? Yeah, I think um, Derek Mason would have been the last uh, yeah. black coach in the Southeastern Conference. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously that's something that the NFL is obviously always trying to talk about uh, and, and something that is important to make sure you do have diversity in those positions. And I'm, I'm trying to sit here. I know that, you know, Eric Bieniemy is the first name you want to think about at the NFL yeah. level, but you've got to start there and think about who are the candidates at the college level that are minority candidates. Charlie Strong recently, uh, you know, within the past decade or so, uh, a big coordinator there. Sumlin was at Texas A&M. Right. Now so, he coaches at the, in the USFL. I'm pretty and sure. I remember it used to be, you know, uh, Sylvester Croom, Mississippi State. You know, right. Uh, the thing was you didn't want to be Croom, right? Right. Uh, but it has, it has been a while, uh, except for Vanderbilt, that we've had uh, this, this domination of all-white coaches. Is it coincidence, guys, or is it you know something else more than that? You know, I'm I'm certain. Oh, choosing my words carefully here. As with all things, there will there would be somebody who would be uncomfortable with a black head coach at their school. Now those voices are dying out, and for the better. Um, I don't think that it's. I don't I don't think that athletic directors are intentionally saying we don't want a black coach. Uh, just looking specifically at Auburn, Alan Green is black, right. and he hired Brian Harson, right. who I'm is thinking. a white guy. Um, and I can't speak for the athletic directors of other schools, but I think it is. I think part of it is the pool of white coaches is a lot deeper. There are not as many black coaches right now. Hopefully, that will change in the future. And I'm with you. I think. I think certainly that there are black people who could be great head coaches. I think uh, uh, Travis Williams is a name you've heard about a ton, even though he's only just recently gotten into a coordinator role. Uh, I think he's going to be an SEC head coach yeah, one day. So he can take I, that next step for sure. Yeah. So you know, I, I think it's coming, even if it's not here yet. And at the end of the day, you know, you never want to think this way and just assume that it's right. You know, right. this this racism that's no. taking place and that sort of thing. But it, in a context like this, again, population matters. Yes. And it is important to point out the percentages that are in play of just the United States population mm-hmm. of black and African-American individuals and the numbers being lesser. Well, and you know, it didn't hold true just uh, for the SEC, uh, but also in the NFL. You know, there's a lawsuit that was filed. I don't know what, you know, what status is on that uh, by a, a previous uh, black Brian coach. Flores, yeah. yes, leading the charge. Yeah, yeah uh, 
And so even in, in the NFL, uh, it holds true. Um, so that's one of his questions. The next question he has on here is, uh, who's in favor of secession? So he's talking about, you know, the SEC is going on its own uh, and just not caring about uh, the, uh, the NCAA anymore. Uh, that's the second. The third final question he has on here is, can Jimbo Fisher keep his cool? No, absolutely not. I, I think he's proven that. Jimbo Fisher is an incredibly insecure coach, uh, and, and I think that he's proven that over and over, but I think that goes along with what Texas A&M is, uh, and they love him over there. And I think that he can win a national championship over there, especially if he keeps doing what he's doing in, in recruiting. Well, you know, if I were one of you guys' journalism background, uh, especially in sports, I would want to follow up with uh, Jimbo Fisher's comments and say, well, uh, what evidence can you supply us, can you offer us about your comments about Nick Saban apparently, you know, uh, implying, uh, if I'm not right saying, alleging that he somehow uh, did some unfair, uh, uh, maybe unethical things in his recruiting, right? I wonder why no one followed up with that. Yeah, I, I was wondering, too, and I've said this on the show before, I, I have to wonder, Jimbo is saying, hey, he's doing these things, he's played dirty before. I would have asked for specifics, or maybe off the record, or, you know, I, I'm not sure, but, but yeah, I do wonder what those things are specifically he's talking about. I mean, to me, it was just so obvious, a follow-up question, and yet the reporters there, no one asked him that. Well, I also think that Jimbo was... What's that for, Jimbo? Yeah, I think yeah. I think he also ended the press conference yeah, uh, once kinda, he said what he wanted to he say. He just kind of sat there, ranted, and then left. Didn't he? I don't even think he okay. asked. Did anybody the, ask yeah, any questions? Yeah, he got he got asked a couple of questions, but he always went back to the same kind of line, you know. Yeah. All right, and this one, guys, this one really bothered me as a uh, former Auburn player doing this. But you probably know about the brouhaha between Josh Donaldson, right? Donaldson and, and Tim Anderson. Josh yes, Donaldson, right, and. Uh, he called, he called uh, the first baseman, uh, hey, Jackie. So I read the details on this, uh, what is it on, on uh, AL.com. And apparently in the past he said there was some misunderstanding and that he was just joking around. But then I went on to read um, that apparently um, the, 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 the player who he was alleging to, he said that uh, – Tim Anderson. Uh, yeah, Tim Anderson. He said that back in 2019 – he told him it wasn't funny anymore, and he wanted him to stop doing it. Uh, he said that Anson also expressed his displeasure on Saturday um, when he said, what's up, Jackie? And he says, I don't play like that. I don't really play at all. And uh, he said, uh, I told him we never have to talk again. He said, I, I don't speak to you. You don't speak to me. So, guys, how do you explain that Donaldson went ahead and said what he said in the game then? We talked about this a little bit on Monday's show. We were able to have this discussion. We did, uh, because it was obviously a bigger story then when Donaldson was handed the one-game suspension by Major League Baseball. And again, context is key. And now, unfortunately, it's turned into a point where it's a lot of uh, he said, he said, back and forth between these two guys. And some of them were private conversations that we're not going to be able to accurately fact-check. The truth is that Anderson years ago referred to himself as having a Jackie Robinson type effect impact on the game of baseball here in this day and age. And so just baseball players having locker room banter back and forth the way they were. Donaldson was saying what he said, hey, Jackie, uh, and and Anderson obviously uh, had a change of heart. 
and no longer wanted to be referred to as Jackie. Yeah, and I read. I said, well, if you said that to him, then they would just joke around. But then I read the final comment and it said on Tuesday, Anderson said that he had told Donaldson in 2019 not to ever call him Jackie again. Yeah, so and I mean, he said, she said. I mean, this is coming straight from Donaldson, uh, from Anderson. He said he told him in 2019 not to do it again. Okay, but I mean. Do we know that he told him? You know, I, I, you never want to do that. But when we've got public quotes, well, then, and, and either Anderson is lying or Donaldson is right because on this on this thing here on L dot com, it says that Anderson said he told Donaldson in 2019 that don't do it again. Do not call him Jackie ever again. Right, and he did, and Anderson so, got upset, and now okay. baseball has suspended Donaldson for a game. So anyway, I'm, I'm not sure why Donaldson even. Well, why do you bother to do that anymore? But there, uh, so much for. And then I saw that we didn't get the top uh, basketball player uh, for 2023, um, and he went to Tennessee. His uh, name uh, is it Cade. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, what's his name? Uh, anyway, he's a 2000 number three basketball prospect in Alabama. He went to Tennessee, guys, and one of his cousins was Brody Croyle. Yeah, I did you know see that. that story. I did see that story, and I saw where he chose to go play for the Volunteers. Yeah, do you guys have it? And I didn't see Auburn being on the list. Alabama was on the list of his uh, offers. Do you know if Auburn was in the, the running? Not to guy? my knowledge, but it's a four-star Alabama legacy, Cade Phillips, uh, whose parents both played at right. Alabama. He, the six foot nine, two hundred pound power forward, announced that he would be playing at. Tennessee, his finalists were Alabama, Stanford, Georgia, and Memphis. 68th ranked player in the nation and uh, one of the top prospects in the state of Alabama. So it doesn't seem like Auburn was in the running. Yeah, I come surprised. I don't know if you guys, that Bruce would have not tried to get this guy unless he had no interest in Auburn. Yeah, well, if, in the grand scheme of things, if he's the 68th best player in the entire country and Auburn's been trying to go for yeah. better players than that, maybe they said, you know what, we don't need number 68. We'll look, look at more towards in the top 50 range. Okay, moving on, guys. Um, you think we're going to get that uh, coveted host, regional host in baseball come, uh, was it Monday morning? We will find out at 11 a.m. I, I, I do think Auburn's done enough to be one of the top 16 teams in the country, uh, but we'll officially be able to lock it in on Monday. And what do you think explains, uh, can it be turned around, how uh, just abysmal um, you know, offensive showing so far in, uh, in postseason? Got to turn it around. Got to play better. Got to hit the ball better. Right, Need more production from playing? the offense. I think teams are just pitching well right now against the Tigers. We mentioned uh, Sonny Deshera has really fallen off offensively at the plate, and it starts with him. All right. And then finally, guys, the golf uh, NCAA uh, championship has started uh, today. Uh, do you know have any status for golf, haven't uh, seen an update. Been, been I, I know Auburn shot one over. Um, it's still very early on, as in uh, the morning wave finished, but the afternoon wave is just now beginning. But the, Auburn was one of, if not the number one team in the morning wave yeah, at they one were, over. They were, they number were number one. one. Okay. All right. Well, it looks like we've got some really good players. Of course, none of them are seniors. Uh, I think they're either freshmen or uh, sophomores. Is that right? Yeah. We got a young team. Bright future. Right. So, guys, that's all I've got. And, uh, Mr. Britt, I uh, hope that you have a fantastic, enjoyable end. And the rest of you guys have a safe and relaxing, entertaining weekend. 
Uh, with that said, I thank you for your time. My time is way up. No show on Monday. Enjoy, Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, Steve, okay? But no show on Monday. No show. Hey, so you get to have an actual a wrestle day without me calling That's right. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Talk That's to you my Tuesday. My gift to you. Okay. War Eagle, guys. All right, War Eagle. War Eagle Everybody Steve. retired War Eagle. Steve joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's take our first commercial break here in the hour. When we come back, Tom Green from AL.com joins our show. That's coming up next here on Sports Call. Time out. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Cam Berry, Brandon Daughtry, Ryan LaVoy. All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. You can visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Let's go to our Auburn Bank phone line to bring on a good friend of the program, a beat writer for the Auburn Tigers with AL.com, our good buddy Tom Green, kind enough to join us here on this Friday. Tom, how are you, man? I'm doing good, JJ. How about you guys? Uh, we're doing very well. Excited to catch up with you and uh, talk about everything going on in the life of Auburn athletics. Let's start with uh, football for the Tigers. I know earlier this week uh, that tour continues for both Bruce Pearl and Coach Harson. You were in Columbus, Georgia. What was the most significant thing that you took away from that, Tom? Uh, well, one, just some of the health of the team. Um, you know, I got an update on Anders Carlson. Um, you know, obviously, he tore his ACL there late in the season. And you never know exactly how long those things are going to take, but you know Brian Harson seemed pretty confident that you know honors will be cleared and ready to go for the season opener against Mercer on September third. Um, you know ultimately it's, up, it's going to be up to the medical staff to give him final clearance, but you know there's optimism there. He thinks that you know honors has done a really good job with his rehab and recovery process, and that you know mentally um, he's progressed really well there too. Um, obviously, he didn't participate in spring practices, but there were a few times where we kind of saw him off to the side, you know, kicking, kicking some, some shorter field goals, which, you know, five months removed from ACL surgery, uh, probably a pro- promising sign for them. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think just, you know, the health of the team really the biggest takeaway, uh, like I was saying, um, you know, Zach Calzada is another guy that, you know, limited throughout the spring, but Harson said he's going to be full go when they, you know, start summer workouts here in the next week or so. Let's get to quarterbacks here in just a moment. As someone who has torn my ACL in the past before five months and you're already kicking some field goals uh, in some capacity, is just unbelievable uh, the progress that Anders Carlson has had. He's a kicker, Tom, that throughout his career has had some highs and lows. And in terms of accuracy and makes, obviously not to the level that his brother Daniel was, but how big could this be for Auburn to get a healthy Anders Carlson back and then for him to execute to the way that we know he's certainly capable of. Well, I mean, certainly it's huge. I mean, he's the third leading scorer in program history. Um, you know, right there knocking on the door for number two. Um, but you know, 
Yeah, they also have the luxury where they don't feel like they need to rush him back. Um, obviously, they, they just signed the number one kicker in the country, and Alex McPherson, who also comes from you know a lineage of really good uh, specialists. Um, so clearly, they'll see where he is and how he progresses through fall camp. They're confident that he'll be back, but you know they don't need to rush him if you know he has any sort of setbacks. So um, it's a nice luxury to have for sure. But uh, having a veteran like him back and healthy, um, obviously for you know that that, that super senior season, um, gives them a certain level of comfort in that special teams uh, unit. And, Tom, we found out the the time and, and TV location the first three games of the Auburn season. And, obviously, a lot of fans disappointed that Penn State was not a night game. It's a traditional 2.30 CBS game, as you would see with the big SEC games in, in conference play. Uh, so, did, did, you, did you wish it was a night game to kind of match home environments with what Penn State had last year, or, or is it just kind of being a little bit overblown? I mean, I think it's a little bit overblown for the fans. Certainly, they wish it. They wish it could be a night game. Um, you know, very few experiences match Jordan Hare for a big time night game. Um, so I think that would have been a nice treat for you know both Auburn fans and you know the Penn State fans visiting. Um, on the other hand, you know Auburn. You know these players are used to that. You know mid September summer heat. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they're quite used to that in Penn State, so maybe the weather could end up being a little bit of a edge for Auburn from that aspect. Because, um, I mean, we, we all know how you know ridiculously hot it gets that time of year, especially for those mid-afternoon games. So, um, you know, kind of on that note, I'm sure fans are very thrilled that the first two games of the season, at least, are you know under the lights. Talking about uh, that Auburn football team as they get set for the upcoming season, and you mentioned the health of Zach Calzada in the quarterback room. I mean, where is he at, Tom, and and how big of a bolster could he be? Does he have a shot of being the opening day quarterback for the Tigers? Yeah, I think he definitely has a shot. I mean, you, you look at the four contenders there. Um, you know, obviously, TJ Finley's a front runner. I mean, he's a guy that's got experience in this offense. You know, he, he showed some glimpses, glimpses last season, obviously knew that there were things that he needed to work on throughout the offseason. Um, and he got, you know, the majority of the first team reps throughout the spring. But, you know, that Colorado, you, you don't bring in another experienced SEC starter if you don't think that he can be your starting quarterback. Um, you know, he, he was limited throughout the spring with that uh, injury to his non-throwing shoulder, which, you know, coincidentally enough, he injured uh, in that game against Auburn last year. Uh, something that Brian Harson kind of got a little bit of a, a laugh about. He's like, yeah, you know, on the on the one hand, you know, we're the ones that roughed him up, but on the other hand, man, wish we hadn't now. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm I'm really interested to see how he factors in. I think it's going to be a really interesting race between him and TJ and uh, Robbie Ashford, who, you know, obviously, you know, turned a lot of heads for his performance on 8A and was kind of, you know, that, that sleeper uh, in the in the race throughout the spring. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Zach's going to be full go when they uh, get started on summer workouts here soon. Uh, the good thing for him is, you know, you don't really have much contact during summer workouts, uh, so he'll have a time to get, you know, all the reps that he needs with that offense and the way Harson put it on uh, Monday is that, you know, those guys are going to get equal reps with the offense throughout the summer and uh, just kind of see how they progress heading into fall camp. And, of course, Tom, when we look at Brian Harsett in his spring, obviously got off to a rough start having that controversy surround him that, of course, he 
gets through and, and now able to build some hopefully positive momentum with recruiting and, and spring practice and all that. But still, I think most around the league would want to talk about what happened with Brian Harson uh, late in the winter, early in the spring. However, uh, last week or so, uh, a, a big bombshell between Jimbo Fisher and, and Nick Saban having uh, some words for each other uh, kind of takes the attention off of that a little bit. How surprising was that to see, uh, especially Jimbo's response to what Nick Saban said? Yeah, um, the, the Jimbo response, I think, was kind of wild. Um, you don't really see a coach go sports stress like that. Um, you know, especially, you know, in, in this league, um, you know, SEC commissioners, whether it's Greg Sankey or Mike Slab before him, they've done a pretty good job of kind of, uh, you know, tamping down those uh, kind of dust-ups and making sure they don't spill out too much uh, into the public. Yet, you know, that one obviously kind of went nuclear pretty quick um, before uh, Greg Sankey, you know, kind of put a gag order on everybody. So um, certainly it's calmed down a little bit uh, in the last week. But uh, I'm sure it's going to be a hot topic uh, coming up in the next few days at SEC Spring Meetings. No doubt about that. We're talking with Tom Green from AL.com right now. You can follow him on Twitter at Tomas underscore Verde. Uh, when you take a look at the Auburn men's basketball side of things, Tom, we saw today that a couple of uh, non-conference basketball scheduling uh, things have come to be in place. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I mean, uh, the first three weeks of the non-conference schedule are pretty much set in stone now. Um, really just depends on, you know, whether Auburn wins that one game in Cancun and who they're going to face, if they win or lose there. But otherwise, the first three weeks of the schedule are set. Um, you know, first three games at home with uh, US, or George Mason, USF, uh, Winthrop, then you got the Cancun Challenge. And then today they announced the uh, St. Louis game, which is going to be the return game for that home-and-home home series after Auburn traveled to St. Louis last year. Uh, interesting bit about that is it's going to be on a Sunday, um, Sunday of Iron Bowl weekend. Uh, don't get many Sunday games, um, certainly not Sunday home games. I think you know, since Bruce Pearl has been Auburn's coach, this is only going to be their fourth Sunday home game um, wow. in, the, in the regular season. I mean, you know, you know, not counting you know, conference tournaments or NCAA tournament because obviously those can happen on weekends too. But you know, Sunday, uh, Sunday probably afternoon game uh, is going to be interesting. Obviously it's nice for fans because, you know, the fans that want to travel to Tuscaloosa for the Iron Bowl, they'll get a chance to do that. They'll get a chance to come back down to Neville Arena and catch a pretty good non-conference game against what should be a really good St. Louis team. In your eyes, does the roster for the men's basketball team seem kind of solidified going into next season, or are there still some question marks out there? I, I think it's going to be pretty solidified. Obviously, they still have that one uh, scholarship spot available, You know, assuming – you know, Alan Flanagan and Dylan Cardwell withdraw their names from the draft here in the next few days, which, you know, the expectation is that they probably will. Um, certainly, uh, Cardwell will. Um, Alan Flanagan's had a couple more NBA workouts this week to kind of see where he stands. But, um, you know, assuming both those guys are back, I think, you know, this roster could be pretty much complete and they might hold off on that last roster spot or the last uh, scholarship spot, either, you know, give it to a walk-on like Leo Bowman or, you know, take that uh, second reduction that they have to take because of that NCAA penalty. Um, you know, there's a chance that, you know, once that June 1st deadline passes, that, you know, Bruce Pearl and his staff kind of, uh, you know, 
take scope of which players across the country um, that declare for the draft would do their names and see if there's anybody that might fit uh, you know, the last remaining needs for this roster. But, you know, Bruce is really happy about where things stand with this roster. Uh, I think the way the way he put it on Monday, um, he just got back from a trip to Israel. Um, he said he, he felt like Noah because he had two of everything. Um, <laughs> two point guards, two uh, wings, two guards, two uh big men, everything. So, you know, he, he likes the makeup of this roster and what they've added. And uh, I'm sure he's eager to get those guys and start working on team chemistry coming up this summer. A lot of questions and uh, answers right now for Bruce Pearl's team as they get set for the upcoming men's basketball season. All right, Tom, before we let you get out of here, let's go off script for a moment with the Auburn-related topics. You are the native of Miami. We are not. Your beloved Heat find themselves with their backs against the wall three games to two against the Boston Celtics. How you feeling, man? Uh, anxious, nervous. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it sucks to – I mean, Boston's a really good team. Um, and I know they're dealing with their injuries too, but clearly Miami's top players are pretty hampered by their own injuries. And you know, it just sucks to think what this series could have been if both teams were full strength. But uh, you know, I still believe um, – you know, holding out hope that the Heat can pull it off in seven, uh, especially because I will be in California this time next week and might have to, you know, sell a kidney on the black market to get a <laughs> game game one ticket of its Heat dubs. So we'll see. <laughs> no doubt about that, man. That's awesome. Well, look, we always do appreciate the time. Tell us uh, where folks can find your work and maybe about the Auburn uh, coverage that you guys have there at AL.com. Uh, yeah, uh, find my work at AL.com slash Auburn. Um, you know, tomorrow I will have something on Chance Westry and kind of what he brings to the basketball roster and that kind of versatile, you know, guard wing role. Um, coming days, stay tuned for all the news and happenings from SEC spring meetings. We'll all be heading down to Destin Monday afternoon. So, uh, plenty, plenty to look forward to the next uh, next week before I go on vacation. Really appreciate the time today, Tom. We'll do this again soon, okay? All right, great talking to you guys. All right, that's Tom Green, our buddy from AL.com, joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's go ahead and take our next commercial break here in the hour. We're back to ramp up hour number one of Sports Call right after this on WTGZ Tiger 95.9. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. We're back on Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Cam, Brant, and Ryan all inside our studios. Our thanks once again to Tom Green from AL.com for joining us on the show. Once again, giving us a couple of injury updates on the Auburn football team and the Auburn men's basketball team has their schedule solidified. A couple of takeaways there. Obviously, having a chance to chat with Coach Harson about the progress of both Zach Calzada, who seems ready to rock and roll for summer ball going into fall camp, and then Anders Carlson, again, coming back from an ACL injury, uh, and we know how good he's been throughout his career. I'm just so impressed. I mean, going through the ACL myself, 
Like that's that's really tough. Yeah. And to know how well he's been able to do, he's getting Hall of Fame treatment. Like Auburn has a wonderful medical staff and around the clock treatment sure. as well for Anders. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, can't wait to see him back out there and, and just to know that you've been able to come back from an injury like that. You don't see it too often that a kicker suffers that injury out in the playing field yeah. like we yeah. saw in just that absolutely wild and chaotic Iron Bowl. Uh, but look, things happen, and and you come back and, and move forward. So, or it was the Mississippi State game that he also got yeah. injured as Bo because then we had the Ben Patton uh, couple yeah. of games there as Auburn's yeah. kicker. Ben Patton, man, he showed out in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, I was I was really really proud of that kid. Was, I mean, I've never met him. I I knew he was on the team because I knew I knew he was the backup kicker. But way to you step know, in, and I'd never seen it. But yeah, stepping up in that up moment man. was. Yeah. Uh, was really impressive from him. Anders might be taking some kicks right now, but I doubt they'd call the uh, 2016 fake field goal mm-hmm. touchdown run for Anders <laughs> yeah. right now. That <laughs> that will be the so yeah cool. That'll be the last kind of box to check is when he can pull off the fake field goal because he hasn't done that yet. His brother's got a touchdown. He doesn't. Uh huh. So Anders needs to level the playing field with him. Right. But Tom is right. You've got the number one kicker in the nation, and Alex McPherson coming in, who also has a lineage of. Great kickers. His brother, Alex McPherson's brother, of course, kicking for the Cincinnati Bengals right now, a Florida Gator himself. So uh, if you're a kicker, most likely it feels like your sibling is also, your brother is also a kicker too. Starting to feel that way. It feels that way, you know. I I feel like usually siblings play play similar positions. Yeah. Or opposite each other, uh, yeah. It was uh, the the Cromartie brothers come to mind? Are there right? Is there yeah. there two Cromarties and the, uh, the Pouncey the Diggs, brothers are the offensive lines. The Diggs brothers, the yeah. Diggs yeah. brothers were both Trevon, wide receivers. Yeah, and Trevon, Trevon. yeah, Trevon switched positions, but yeah, the Pouncey brothers as well, both offensive linemen. Yeah, it checks out. Yeah, the Long brothers. One's a defensive lineman. Yep. One's yep. an offensive lineman. Yep. How about that? Yeah, that Jake was a left tackle, I believe. There so are three Long boys. For yeah, a little yep. while. Yep. Uh, oh, the the Matthews the, brothers, the Watts. The Watts. The Watts, yeah. yeah. One of them's a fullback, but yeah. Uh, the Jacksons, because, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, J- J.J. started his uh, flag football team uh, as a quarterback and then got pulled for his brother. <laughs> yeah. uh, so. By his own father, if yes. I remember that story <laughs> that's correctly. That's right. That's exactly oh, right. Those that's were tough brutal. days. Those were tough days. There are, really are more brothers in uh, that, that play similar positions than you think about. That's yeah. cool. I like that. I like that a good bit. My brother was a defensive end. I was an offensive lineman. That's, I mean, it checks out. man. It checks out. It just keeps going. It just keeps going. That's awesome. Uh, and then Auburn men's basketball—they're going to have a Sunday home game. That's going to be the fun. day after the Iron Bowl. That that's going to be played be... in Tuscaloosa. And as Tom said, it's only the fourth ever Sunday home game in the regular season for Bruce Pearl at Auburn. That will either be the greatest day ever, or. You know, the crowd's going to be just so desperate to move on from whatever happened the night before. (laughs) Either way, I think the crowd's going to be pretty great. Yeah, I I think that's definitely – Neville Arena is going to be packed either way. Just, you know, it'll be like, all right, well, we got our bus handed to us the day before, so let's get this win, Auburn basketball. Yeah. I hope, though, Auburn gets a win and uh, Harson is in the the front row of the student section with the pit vipers on. Whew. And this is this is what I'm thinking about with that in mind, Ryan. It's the day after the Iron Bowl, and so for that game to be played, you know, on these non-conference games, TV designation is so important for so many of these schools because you want eyeballs on your game. And St. Louis is a preseason top 25 team according to ESPN yep. and their basketball power rankings that they've got. The Billikens. But 
this at that time of year, that's an NFL Sunday. Right. You know, like there's <laughs> nothing you can do. That is an NFL Very Sunday. True. And for the TV perspective, you just can't compete with the NFL. Right. But ESPN doesn't have Sunday NFL. Or so I'm just I'm really curious what that's going to look like for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that... Because TV will also dictate the tip-off time for that game, whether it's an right. afternoon game or later in the evening or what. Yeah, you know, I, I would doubt unless it... We could be on ESPN. I don't... Maybe during the actual NFL games, yeah. but not... Obviously not before noon because right. they've got countdown and not at like 5 or 6 o'clock as they start to go through the highlights. Yep. So it would have to be earlier. Um, okay. But... You know, it's like, I'll be honest, if it's during my team's game, I'm watching the Bucks. So, yeah. Because uh, there's only it's 16, a, look, 17 a, of those. We live in the United States. So, like, the I need NFL the two is TV so set up. I guess what I'm saying is, the, this is maybe, where, yeah. maybe I'm not, the, maybe I'm in the minority, but I, I don't like that it's on a, a game like that's on a Sunday because I, I understand that. You're going to try and wash the taste out the Iron Bowl or, or whatever the, the next day, and it's kind of unique to have a Sunday home game, but I don't want the biggest non-conference home game aside from if the SEC Big 12 Challenge is here. I, I, I don't want that to be on the same day as the NFL. I mean, a college, it's going to be fine for most people. Most people right. would, would take Auburn over any NFL team or that sort of thing, but – uh, just hype wise, yeah. I mean, it, n n in the scope of the basketball world and, and that sort of thing, um, most people are still going. To, I mean, NFL dominates all. Yeah, personally, uh, I'm probably uh, watching the Falcons. I, I think that I think I saw the most watched NBA game, which was the yeah. Warriors on Christmas. I think uh, or, or Lakers. It Lakers. And it was Lakers. Nets on Lakers. Christmas. Nets. Yeah, Whatever right. the most watched game was. On Christmas Day, was still a, a hundred or two hundred thousand viewers behind the least watched yep. primetime NFL game, and so, you know, I'm just all that to say is that's insane. Even Football people that like college Always. basketball out there in the college basketball landscape will still be paying attention to the NFL in all likelihood that day as well. I'll be watching the Tigers. There I'll be go. watching the Tigers. Yes. Not, not if it's. Well, I mean, like, yes, I'm a Falcons fan. I have two fan. TVs. I, I'll watch both. Huh? Yeah, that's, that's what Cam said a minute ago. Is the, like, two the, the two TV setup is this is why it's elite. But yeah, I'll be I'll probably be watching Auburn mostly because I don't expect much from the Falcons anyway. Um, there you go. Yeah, Never sleep. There you go. Now, like, I'll watch them. I'll pay attention. But uh, I'll, my TV will be on the Tiger. The other thing By is that like, point a football game takes like three and a half hours. A basketball game takes about two. So by that point in the year, you're no, you'll know how the Falcons. That's true. That's <laughs> that is like, also true. That's, I'm not saying that day. I'm just saying that's nine or ten games in. So if you're like five yeah, and five, yeah, you yeah, might yeah, need yeah, to watch yeah. that. If you're two and seven or yeah, something, yeah. then it's like all right, never mind. We've reached the end of the Stop first hour of our show here today. More fun straight ahead alongside Ryan Lavoy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. My name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. 
You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starting right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ, Cam, Brant, and Ryan all inside our studios. If you want to be a part of the show, we want to hear from you. 334-887-3401. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SportsCallAU. If you have any thoughts about anything in the wide world of sports, or hit us elsewhere. up. Hit us up. Uh, we've got best and worst of, uh, not best and worst of the weekend. We've got what to watch for over the weekend. <laughs> a, a little bit later. Best worst player of the week. Yeah. Please predict what's going to be the worst thing to happen Prediction. this weekend. Tonight's NBA game <laughs> yeah. is not close. It is also not very entertaining. Yeah. Uh, prediction: The Coke 600 will take a long time Sunday night. Yes. There a lot of a lot of laps will be run at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Six hundred uh, of them. Six hundred miles. Yeah, not quite. Just say six hundred miles. It's four hundred laps because it's a mile and a half track. All right. Well. It's I, we know you don't. It's, it's fine. fine. It's if, there's, if there's ever a time where I could could point this out, it's right now. I don't watch NASCAR. <laughs> don't watch and that's NASCAR. Right. Like, and that's fine. fine. Yeah. Like, it's fine if you do. Educate I, people, please. Very clearly, do not know what I'm talking when you, about. When you hear yeah. the not number the right. in when a NASCAR race mileage. title, yeah. that right, means right, right. So, the mileage. Right. And so, then you've got to figure out the length of the track. Right. To compute and the laps. Let me. Do you want me to throw a monkey wrench in there? And keep going for it. Yeah. They're not always religious about miles to laps conversion. Most races. So, like, I have the Daytona 500. It's the most iconic race in NASCAR. Right. It's a two-and-a-half-mile track. They do run 200 miles, or 200 laps, rather, and so that is 500 miles. However, say Bristol. Okay, everyone's probably heard of the short track, short track Bristol, Bristol Motor Speedway. Easy for me yeah. to say. And they'll run maybe the Sharpie 500 or the Food City 500. And that would indicate 500 miles, right? Well, there, the track is half a mile. They would have to run 1,000 laps. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. So they only run 500 laps. Right. And so, coincidentally, it ends up being the lap total there. But they're usually trying to say the Coke 600 is 600 miles. The Dryden 400 is 400 miles. And usually, it works out to that. But at NASCAR's discretion, they can, as I've just completely nerded everyone out, at NASCAR's discretion, uh, they can change the, the mileage to something that's not as crazy, like if you had to run 1,000 laps somewhere. The more you know. And Well, in the life of the show, okay, a 27-year running program here with Sports Call Auburn, in the life of the show, at one point, we were talking about NASCAR right. almost every single day. 
and COVID. that was the first thing back. And I was in a world where, like Brent and Cam, I didn't know anything about the sport, but we had people oh, call into the show remember that. asking for NASCAR takes. Yeah. And so you got to know. I mean, if, if people want to talk about it, that's how this show operates. And also, in COVID 2020, there was nothing else going on sports-wise. So, yeah. Yeah, okay, no, let's be happy to talk so about it. So technically, that. like... NASCAR the, was on that TV every day in the summer, I remember. Yeah, because technically what they first started doing... Is they did iRacing, which is a very realistic sim of racing where you actually I get, remember that. You get in yeah, I remember that. like a, a simulator and you drive and the tracks and the, it's supposed to feel the same and the same braking and, and yeah. spo- it, like uh, like there uh, I don't I think his name is like Hertzlav or something like that. There is somebody in the Xfinity series, which is the AAA of Na- of NASCAR basically, mm-hmm. it's one below the Cup series that never raced in cars. But it's gotten an opportunity because he was so amazing at eye racing, and he's actually doing okay. He's not doing amazing, yeah. But he ran like in the top twenty in his first ever race driving a stock car, and so they you like uh, eye, eye racing is so realistic that they're actually now starting to look at eye racers and potentially give them opportunities right. in the smaller divisions of NASCAR. So it's anyway, there was a bunch of the iRacing, and then NASCAR did officially come back first before – because everyone else had to figure out bubbles, right? Everyone had right. NBA and NHL all had to do bubbles. True. Rob Manfred had to sit on his hands. You know, all the normal <laughs> things. And um, and so NASCAR was able to come back first. And so, yeah, we, we talked at, at nauseum about it in 2020. Let me take a look or tell you about this. Tell me about your friends over at, uh, or our friends over at Honey Baked Ham. Coming up this weekend, $20 off of all hams, four ham classic or turkey classic sandwiches plus chips for $24.99. Veteran and first responder discounts this weekend. And they are going to be open on Memorial Day Monday from 10 until 3. A lot of people will be having Memorial Day cookouts. And things of that nature as people are spending time with friends and family. And again, this is our opportunity to let you know that every year we do not have a show on Memorial Day Monday. So we will have a three-day weekend here in the life of of Sports Call. So actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I came into the segment saying to predict best and worst of the weekend. And we won't be doing that because we do that on Mondays. And we don't have a Monday Sports Call. So we can do do it on Tuesday. Yeah, I would say we can have a best and worst extended weekend. We could do it on Tuesday. Yeah, Yeah, we could do that. Best and worst extended weekend. It's not like we as a company are just phoning it in on Monday and not doing it. And the rest (laughs) of the world is going (laughs) to operate normally. Like everyone's pretty much everyone's having a Memorial Day weekend, which means a three-day weekend. There you go. Yeah. So we're allowed to do it Tuesday. But go check out our friends over at Honey Baked Ham for this upcoming weekend you guys have exciting plans for the weekend we've talked about them a little bit but (laughs) if people are just now joining us yeah i'm gonna drive back to uh, my hometown of warner robins georgia um on uh or tomorrow afternoon and uh, go see some friends gonna hang out with them for a little while uh one of my best friends in the world his birthday is two days before mine so we're gonna get together and celebrate as kind of a joint venture uh and so we're we're gonna do that and then i'm gonna spend the rest of the weekend with my family and some other people and uh, go to the church that I, I I've uh, started going to uh, over there, and uh, you know just to generally enjoy myself over the weekend. Uh, looking forward to that, very much looking forward to that. Birthday man, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm going back home as well. Got a wedding I'm attending um, Saturday evening, and um, 
We're going to see another friend I haven't seen in a little while on Saturday, probably for lunch. That's a note to mom. We'll not be having lunch with the parents <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, live radio. Because they're uh, listening. That's right, very clever. Right. Uh, note to them. Just to let you know. Uh, we'll be seeing Michael on Saturday uh, for lunch. <laughs> I'll be with you guys all day Sunday. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, going to that wedding uh, Saturday evening and I'm going to be driving up to Birmingham after after the show not too bad of a drive about hour 45 from where we are um so yeah uh, just a good weekend at, uh, at home and coming and I will be spending the weekend with my girlfriend there She's you go here from Birmingham yeah. there you go nice and uh, I've had Auburn softball for my weekend schedule for the past forever it feels like in the heart of it and the life of the season that unfortunately came to a close for the Tigers Super Regionals kicking off last night in this today across the NCAA level, so I'm going to get to go back to uh, my home, Asheville, North Carolina, for the first time in quite some time and see some family. I'm really looking forward to that. All right, so 334-887-3401 or toll-free 9-TIGER-9. We are elite at what we do, uh, and we take pride in knowing the last time we've heard from individuals. We have not heard from this next caller since the beginning of April, April 4th to be specific, as we go to our Auburn Bank phone line, long overdue, but we get the opportunity to hear from Jeff from Columbus. Jeff from Columbus has called into the program. Hello, Jeff. Hey guys, I'm uh, man. I'm sure I'm sure a bunch of your callers are glad that I decided to call in today. Man, <laughs> I, I, I've just been you know not a whole lot to talk about. My mighty Georgia Bulldogs are the reigning national champions, and so. I'm just taking it easy, you know, soaking all that in. Uh, maybe a lot, maybe maybe 40 more years before I get to do it again. Yeah, so, so you got to enjoy it because you never know. Yeah, you never can tell. But um, uh, I'll tell you one thing: I bet you Kirby Smart is so glad that Mel Tucker gets paid 10 million dollars a year because just what is Kirby Smart fixing to get paid at Georgia? I mean, that's gonna uh, shoot. We're talking maybe. Eleven, twelve million dollars a year. I mean, so yeah. I, I, just and, I mean, look, we haven't discussed this on the show ourselves, Jeff. But as I'm sure you know, Todd Munkin just got that raise and is the first yeah. coordinator ever in Georgia football to be yeah. earning over two million dollars for a coordinator. I mean, yeah, I think a payday is coming right. for Kirby. Yeah, and then I saw what they have co-defensive coordinators making eight hundred fifty thousand. So they're probably gonna need to pick one and probably give them a, you know, yeah. make it. So, I don't know. But what's a million dollars anymore? I mean, shoot, <laughs> recession? What's a recession? Everybody's <laughs> got millions of dollars. It's like handing somebody a 20. But, uh, hey, man, I, I am not a political person, so I did not call in here like some people to make a political statement or a political point. This is truly a sports question. Because other guys at my work, we were talking, what, is there an unwritten rule that you cannot call somebody Jackie? Or is there, is it like his name shouldn't be mentioned by another player? Or is it, I'm trying to figure out, we, not just me, we, because these guys know baseball, not the way Russell knows baseball, right? but they follow baseball. But they're trying to figure out what, I mean, he obviously, I mean, is it different? Like you say, it's all about who said what to who and, you know. Sure. But if somebody 
starts calling me Bob, and I say, man, stop calling me Bob. My name's Jeff. Stop calling me Bob. I doubt if my catcher is going to get up there and start an argument with him. So we were wondering, is there? And then, okay, so they apologize. They, you know, he says, man, I'm not going to call you Jackie anymore. Okay, it's all said. But just what would this guy apologize to Jackie Robinson's family about? So I was just thinking there might be an unwritten rule because there's so many in baseball. Yeah, and I don't know if that – I mean, that's that's a fair conversation to have and, and kind of a talking point to, to discuss. I don't know if there being an unwritten rule. I haven't known of someone to – referred to another individual as Jackie, you know, like I just, uh, this whole story kind of came out of left field, uh, pun intended with it being baseball, but uh, I, I just didn't see a story good. like this coming along. Yeah, yeah, and well, and when it happened, I just assumed it was, you know, somebody, you know, okay, they're, were they not ex-teammates or something like that? Uh, or he had called them, you know, and I could see, man, I guess I'm trying to keep myself out of trouble going to my grandkids' baseball games and saying, man, that that guy hits like Babe Ruth, you know, or that guy, you know, I, I just, <laughs> I don't want to get kicked in the seat for, uh, I mean, I, you would think you'd it put you on a pedestal to be compared to Jackie Robinson instead of the other way around. And that's why I just didn't know if there was something. Because I know it's, what, his jersey's retired? Correct. And, and there's a Jackie Robinson like day every so, year. And it's, I mean, it's obviously very yeah. significant that he broke uh, the right. color barrier in the sport. I think I speak for right. everyone when I say we're just ready for this story to be flushed away yeah. uh, and, and be and, able and to move know, on. I am okay. I'm, I'm all for that. Let's talk about Steve or something. Yeah, like let's, that, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> let's go down the Rolodex. Hey go down the Rolodex, and, um, but no, I, I, I did, it has been a minute since I called in, and, but, uh, I, these guys, I, like I say, it, it, this was strictly a sports question, okay. you all being a sports show, and being as knowledgeable as you are, I figured you all had the answers, <laughs> I did not call in to get anything started, that's for sure, I will wait till football season to do that, what do we got, 99 days, right? Uh, 99, yes, 99 days. Yes, sir. And, man, I know you all were talking about Penn State and Auburn not being at night. You know, of course, everybody wants to play a night game, especially in September in the South. But I was just looking at Georgia's schedule, and they may not have a home night game all year. Well, I say that. It looks like I would think they'd have to play one game so they'd have Tennessee. So that might be at night. They may have an away game, but Florida's away game, it's going to be at 3.30. Right. You know, and, and most of the other ones, we've got several 12 o'clock games, you know, your your high school teams you play and yeah. stuff. But which, which I am so glad. I hope they work this out. I've said it for years. Dang all these low, you know, these boring football games. We'll get more SEC games, you know, and, and – the rotating, I'm surprised that the pod, uh, the pod scheduling model diagram or what it, yeah, model was discarded so quickly. I thought that that was really the way that things were headed. Sure. But, um, and then the next thing I hear, it's, you know, they're going to the other one, which, like I say, I'd, I'd like to play more teams more often. I don't know if I'm going to Texas A&M. 
but I, but uh, um, but to play him more and more, and to you know that'll keep, uh, I guess, you know, instead of having to play Missouri and Vanderbilt, you know, and, then, and especially with Georgia being in the East, a weaker conference, they say all the time, this will be able to, you know. Get get more of the teams from the West in. I say that it just depends on how they get it moved out. But um, and one question about this: I know they haven't even decided how they were going to do it. But do you know how soon they're talking about implementing it? We discussed this a little bit earlier in the week with Brandon Marcello from Twenty Four Seven Sports, and it feels like twenty twenty five would be the first time that we would see something like this take place. And that was kind of a stupid question on my part because I forget Texas and Oklahoma still have it come. Correct. You need to and, wait for that to happen. Yeah, I need to wait. And I'm waiting. I'm, I'm happy to see that happen. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey, I've taken up some, uh, some of, well, Steve's already called. Yeah, he's so already I off the air today. All right. Well, then he, he, he'll, um, so I'll just t- take about five minutes and tell you all goodbye and wish you all that you have a great weekend and uh, and, and and travel safely. And, uh, Amen. No, Jeff, I hope that you have a good Memorial Day weekend. Okay, buddy? I, I, I will. T- I will, and you all too. Be careful. And remember why we're celebrating, okay? That's right. We'll talk to you all later on. All right. That's our buddy Jeff from Columbus joining us there on our Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 We've got to take our next commercial break here on the show. When we come back, we'll get more of your phone calls and uh, get into some other topics here on Sports Call. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson with Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, and Ryan Lavoy. We hope that you're doing well. Appreciate you listening to us here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. If you want to be a part of the show, you can give us a phone call, 334-887-3401, or toll free at one 9 to join us on our Auburn Bank phone line. Here we are on Friday, May 27th, 2022. Let's take this good opportunity to celebrate some birthdays. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. All right, here we go. It is Birthdays in Sports here today on May 27th, 2022. Happy birthday. Ryan Jensen is the current offensive lineman for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, selected in the sixth round of the 2013 NFL Draft by the Baltimore Ravens out of CSU Pueblo a Super Bowl 55 champion, and a 2021 Pro Bowler. Ryan Jensen, number 66 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, celebrating his birthday. Yeah, Bucks really need to uh, get him back. Uh, fun story between uh, Tom and, and Ryan calling each other, uh, basically right before free agency, saying, yeah, I'm coming back, man. And uh, Ryan's like, all right, well, let's do it. Um, <laughs> and, and so that's kind of how that went. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, 
He gets in a few scrums. He, he chops it up a little bit, but uh, he's been a good center for Tampa. Happy birthday to Jackie Slater, who's turning 68. Talk about offensive linemen. Here's a former offensive tackle for the St. Louis Rams, selected in the third round of the 1976 NFL Draft by the Rams out of Jackson State. Seven-time Pro Bowler, number 78 jersey, retired by the Rams and was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2001. Jackie Slater is turning 68 years old today. Happy birthday to Daniel Jones. Current quarterback for the New York Giants is turning 25. Nicknamed Danny Dimes. Selected sixth exactly? overall <laughs> in the 2019 NFL Draft by the it's Giants. His birthday, Adam man. Duke. Yeah, yeah. 2019 Senior Bowl MVP while at Duke. But Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes. I'm not sure where he got that. Is turning from, 25. Honestly. I think Daniel Jones is a halfway decent quarterback. He's not like a world beater, but he's no. good. He's on a terrible team. Yeah, he's okay. He has no protection. And I think that definitely impedes He's okay. I like him. I like him. Well, of course you do. He's like the 25th best quarterback <laughs> in the league. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's I 30. Wouldn't go, he's I wouldn't go tier. that far he's down. He's better tier. than the 30th. Yeah. Yeah, yeah better than the 30th. But, uh, <laughs> Sam Darnold. Better be than like, the 50th best quarterback. I don't know, Brent. Can you name me seven starting quarterbacks that are worse than that? Uh, are, no, because I could. I can't name you like. More, I can't name you ten starting quarterbacks in the NFL that right are now. worse than. I'm so far yeah. Daniel football. Jones. Let's yeah. finish birthdays and we All can right. circle back. Roquan <laughs> Smith is also turning 25. A current inside linebacker for the Chicago Bears, selected eighth overall in the 2018 NFL Draft by the Bears out of the University of Georgia. All rookie team member, All Pro as well. The 2017 Buckus Award winner for the Bulldogs, Roquan Smith turns 25 and then finally i turned i played against him in high school that's impressive nice. frank thomas is turning 54 the former mlb first baseman in dh former auburn tiger played in major league baseball for the chicago white Sox, oakland athletics toronto blue jays five-time all-star two-time american league mvp four-time silver slugger award winner his jersey number 35 retired by the white Sox and inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2014. He's got a statue coming to Plainsman Park. Frank Thomas turns 54. So our birthdays in sports here today on May 27th. Ryan Jensen is 31. Jackie Slater is 68. Daniel Jones is 25. Roquan Smith is 25. And Frank Thomas turning 54. Fun fact, my mom actually grew up with Frank Thomas. That is a very fun fact. How about that? um, Because my aunt lives in Columbus, and um, his mother's house was right down the street from my aunt's house. And so they grew up together. There you go. Happy birthday to uh, Mr. Frank Thomas. The Big Hurt. Who's now 54 years old. The Big Hurt, indeed. Good list of birthdays today. He was. What is that? That's uh, four football birthdays and then one baseball. Our breakdown for you there for birthdays and sports. Name all five again. On May 27th. one One more time. One more time. Yeah. Ryan Jensen. Right. Jackie Slater. Right. Daniel Jones. Right. Roquan Smith. Right. Frank Thomas. So Daniel Jones would be five out of five on that list. <laughs> 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 like ranking. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. You're not wrong. I'm screwed with JJ. Oh. He's, he's, he's all right. He's all right. <laughs> I mean, this is a year for his job. He's got. I mean, yeah. that's why yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. This is a make or break year for his job. Big he's got to. He's got to get it done. Got to get it done. Yeah. And you play in the NFC East. Like if there's a division, yeah. it's to yeah, get the true. opportunity yeah. to get it done. This is it. Yeah, because this even, is the year. Because even like Dallas, who he's focused. 
Uh, yeah, he's having fun. Why is he having fun though? I don't know. No, he, no uh, not with the Giants. No, yeah. no um, not with the Giants. Because even Dallas, for example, like Dallas forced a lot of turnovers last year because of Diggs, but they're not a great defense. And uh, Philadelphia is okay, but again, there's they no got better though. The, there's no elite defense in that in that division either. So not only are the teams just in general just kind of meh. Um, you know the Commanders have an elite defensive line. They do have a great defensive line, and if they could address their defensive back situation, they could be a lot better. But they were a pretty good defense a couple years ago. Yeah, they were. But um, yeah, Daniel's still yeah down the list for me. Got to get it done. But this happy year. birthday though. <laughs> <laughs> you say he's still happy a star birthday. quarterback in the National Football League. Yeah, so. true. He's made. A, I mean, he's turning twenty five years old today, and he's made a lot of money. Before his 25th birthday in yeah, his life. So, yeah, good for how many Danny. years did he start at Duke? Two? Three? Two years. Okay. Yep. One and one against Carolina? Yep. Okay. And now he is a uh, multi million dollar quarterback. I mean, the top 10 yep. pick in the NFL, and we'll see what he's able to do this season. That Giants team, you need Saquon to stay hurt, healthy. Stay that, hurt. Oh, no. <laughs> stay yeah, healthy. Right. Eventually have a full season again yes. at some point. That would, uh, that would Same be ideal. Same story with Christian McCaffrey. That would, you know? Yes, that yeah. would absolutely be ideal for my beloved Carolina Panthers. Let's take our next commercial break here on the program. We're back with more Sports Call right after this. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry. Give us a call, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 We've got big deal, little deal, or no big deal coming up in the final hour of the program. Again, no, no show on Monday because it's Memorial Day and we certainly hope that folks... Uh, enjoy some time with family if you get the day off and you're able to do that hope that you have a great weekend we're going to be back on the air on tuesday we're finishing up a busy week here on the show Uh, it might be the off season but the number of different guests that we've had on the program this week have been really impressive and i'm very glad that we were able to get the number of different voices to be heard here on our airwaves whether it be connor o'gara from saturday down south or somebody like tom green from al.com or brandon marcello from 24 7 sports justin ferguson of the auburn observer i mean we've had so many guests here this week jake crane in the list as well so uh, if you miss any of those conversations as always you can go back and check them out on the sports call podcast which brant is available on just about any platform that you could ever imagine any single platform where you can find your podcast you can find ours as well and if you don't want to sit through the entire two and a half hour show commercial free by the way uh if you do 
uh, I think that's really cool. Yeah. I, I used to listen to the podcast of the show because I wasn't living here at the time, but right. I knew I was going to be. So I started listening to the podcasts and uh, really enjoyed doing that. But if you want to find the podcast, you can find the interviews separately or the full shows on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, the Tiger Communications app, or our website, sportscallauburn.com. All right, so let's talk nice. a little college football right now because uh, that's college what people football. like here in the area. And, Best and sport we, in the world. We love to play to our audience. And when we had Connor O'Gara on the program yesterday from Saturday Down South, he had a bold prediction article where he gave one bold prediction for every defense in the league and every offense in the league. His bold prediction for the Auburn Tigers defense would be that they had the worst run defense in a decade. And his bold prediction for the offense for the Auburn Tigers would be that Robbie Ashford would be the starting quarterback for the Tigers by Halloween. Again, when he talked to us on the program, he wants this to be very clear that these are bold predictions, right? Not that this is going to happen, but that, I mean, also he's in the spirit of creating talking points and conversation. And for that, we are grateful. Because it's the heart of summer and we need something we need to talk that. about and, on this three-hour radio Scott, show. Scott, being the great man that he is on the show yesterday, posed the question back to us. If one of those were to be true, one of those bold predictions were to be true, which one could you see being true? Either that the Auburn Tigers do have their worst run defense in a decade, or that Robbie Ashford is the starting quarterback by Halloween for the Tigers. Cam and Ryan were not on the program yesterday, so we'll let them start the conversation again today. I think that uh, the Robbie Ashford being the court starting quarterback by uh, Halloween could be the most realistic. I think Auburn's always kind of staked their reputation on their defense. That's always been something Auburn's been pretty good at. Um always been you know a top defense in the sec always been pretty stout um run defense wasn't great last year but i think under the new defensive coordinator it'll be significantly improved um like i've said in in previous um shows i think that there's synergy within um brian harson and his staff now and i think that's going to definitely play a major key in how the players also play and i think that the defense is definitely going to be tough the quarterback situation um I ultimately don't think TJ is going to be the starter. Um, I think it's going to come down to uh, Robbie Ashford or Zach Calzada. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I I could definitely see it happening where if Calzada just makes too many mistakes. um, And I I think TJ is going to be the starter at the beginning of the season. I don't think that's going to last long. Um, I think Calzada is going to take over. If he makes too many mistakes, I could definitely see Robbie Ashford kind of stepping in and, and maybe showing out a little bit because he brings so much uh, versatility, especially with his legs. Uh, for me, it's the it's the run defense. Um, I, I think that you're comparing good run defenses in the past for Auburn, so I think that that bar's been set pretty high. I, I think the, the the element to it that's difficult is I think that the defensive line will probably be the best element of Auburn's defense. Uh, however, it will be more so because of their pass rushing capabilities. And uh, guys like Derek Hall are really good at that, but not necessarily elite run stoppers. And Auburn, if they are looking for an element to their defensive line, they're looking for someone in the interior more so. Uh, to eat up multiple blockers. And also I think you look at the linebacking position position, and there's a lot more questions there than maybe any position. 
um, in the defensive group. You will have Owen Papo back health, healthy, uh, but but you do lose guys like Chandler Wooten and Zacoby McClain who played a big role for multiple years for that linebacking crew. And a lot of the time those linebackers clean up a lot in the run game. So um, I'm not saying, you know, these are bold. And like we said, we're not talking about one of these things will happen. Right. But I think it's more that because I think that if, you, if you're – looking and reading between the lines of, of what's going on in the quarterback room uh pretty clearly they're waiting on calzada to get healthy here but as of right now it seems that they are waiting for him to get healthy because they really want to have the battle between calzada and finley making ashford number three and if you're on quarterback number three by the end of halloween things have gone horribly wrong and you're an awful football team at that point if you're having to go to QB three, so I think if you're an Auburn fan, you would ra- rather it be the the rush right. defense because if you, if Ashford does start as QB three to start the year, anytime you're on a third quarterback within your season, the, the rest of your football team will just have to be gangbusters for you to be holding water um, there. So I, I think it's the rush defense because again, you know, Ashford had a a good spring game. Excuse me, spring game. There's no doubting that, but how many times do we see that does not matter it's still ultimately a, a practice that just is a public practice and so the coaches don't necessarily elevate someone's stock because of a great spring game and so when we've continued to talk to these beat writers and we've continued to hear what these guys are saying the race Ashford's not out of the race but he is still trying to make up ground clearly on TJ Finley and then potentially on Zach Calzada. And so if that's what they go with and that's how it enters the season, um, and Auburn's on three quarterbacks you know, about seven or eight weeks into the season, then again, uh, you've had some things go horribly wrong. Yeah, I, I'm of the opinion, and we talked about, like you said, JJ, we talked about this on yesterday's show. I think it is much more likely that Ashford is the starter by October and I am not of the opinion that TJ Finley will start the season I think right now he might be the first guy in the room right now because of the experience but I think that by the time you hit the middle of fall camps he's going to kind of fall by the wayside and it's going to be between Ashford and Calzada and I think Calzada will end up being the starter Um, but I I think if you have TJ Finley starting next season you're going to have issues you're going to have the same issues that you had for the final couple of games last season I don't think Brian Harson wants to go through that again uh, and looking at the defense, yes, you do lose a, a lot of great players uh, on that defense, uh, Zacoby McLean being probably the biggest name. But like you said, Ryan, you have Owen Papo coming back. I am a big fan of Wesley Steiner and Cam Riley. I think those guys are going to have big years. Uh, l- let's not forget about Colby Wooden, um, arguably the best defensive tackle in the SEC. Um, I think Derek Hall is a really good run stopper. I, I guess his, his, money, his money is going to be made and his butter is going to be breaded. No, his bread is going to be butter. There you go. In the pass rush, that was bizarre. Um, but I, I think that Derek Hall is an incredibly good run stopper. So I think Auburn's defense is going to be good. And you have to, uh, you have to take into account that if we're going back over a decade, we're counting 2012 and 2013 and 2014, which were historically bad Auburn defenses. Let's go for a uh, phone call here. 887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine to be a part of our program. As we go back to the phone lines, Felix from Mobile has called in twice in one week. This is great. Good to hear from you, Felix. Thanks for the call today. Hey, hey guys. How you doing? Doing well. I want to weigh in on what we were just talking about. Yeah. Um, listen, I, I have a – I mean, I, I agree with some of it, but not a lot of it. Um, one, I agree with um, – it's going to be between 
at first. It's going to be between uh, TJ and Casada, um, and but I don't think I don't think he's going to be like uh, experienced like Casada on the field. I mean, he might know the book and all that stuff right there, and he might have been there through the years or at Auburn. But I just like he, they they said uh, he'll fall by the wayside as Casada gets better in the, in his practice, and but after after a minute, I don't think TJ. I mean, nothing to take away from TJ. But I just don't think he's he's Auburn's number one. I just don't think so. I think Cazado is going to be the number one, and by like October, we'll see if it if it does happen. Where Africa comes in, we are having a bad year. I mean, I mean, let's just say it. I mean, if we're bringing in number three, like the other gentleman said, if we're bringing in number three by by midway or October, it's it's a uh, it's it's up to our D to to bail us out. But um, I, I hope and pray that doesn't have, happen. I'm hoping that uh, Ashford becomes our number two. And I think I really think they're going to have a package for Ashford during the year, sometime during that, so to get his legs up underneath him and get him some real time. I don't know how long he wants to be there, but I, I know Kyle is probably going to be the one and done, maybe, hopefully. I, I don't know. But Holden is our, our, our future. I know that. You know, he's going to be our future. Uh, he's fan-picked by Harson, right? Yeah. So I, I believe that's 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 our future. Uh, and and our D, I don't think we're going to have a problem with our D. I mean, we got mad men over there, man. I mean, really and truly, there's a couple of guys that just come in for for just, a, I think, to knock somebody's head off and leave. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> seriously, there's some big, big guys over there. That Like that last guy to come in from a – from uh, what was that? Um, Jeff, can you help me out on that? The last guy that just transferred in, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, the, uh, Missouri or no? Memphis, uh, Morris uh, Joseph. Memphis, that's yes. it, Memphis. I call him Memphis. That's what I call. <laughs> I call him Memphis. Yeah, he's big boy, big big guy. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I think he's coming in just to knock my brains out and take it to the house and go to the NFL. There you go. And, but other than that, I mean, it's you know, it's, it, you know, it's. I just really believe that what I said about the offense, and I'm hoping and praying that offensive line sticks together and 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 has you know true uh, communication this year. Aren't Not we like, all? Yeah. You know, other than that, I, I I actually think you know it was between Bo and uh, O line last year. It was nobody's real. Then it was uh, the play calling. It was a variety of things, man. It just it's a variety of things that went wrong. I mean, it is what it is, and he's gone to uh, to um, what Oregon. Called, uh, Oregon, and I and I pray he does well out there. You know, I love I love I love Bo, man. I, I, I thought he was a real good guy when he come in, and to this day, like I love Gus. I mean, you can't take nothing from Gus. He gave us a national championship and got us there one more time. Which other coach can say that other than you know? Tommy Tuberville took us to to uh, undefeated season. Correct, correct. Melzahn was on who, staff for two trips. Yeah, yeah. no, right. you're right. I mean, and and then as far as our recruiting goes, we always have good recruiting with Gus. I don't understand why they keep on bashing him. I mean, yeah, it was time for him to go. I right. understand him. But at the same time, you, the man brought it a natty. Yeah, Felix, this has always been a pro Gus Malzahn show. That's for sure. That's right. Well, I appreciate the talk, man. Thank y'all very much. Keep calling us, man. This has been great to hear from you. Enjoy Memorial Day weekend. Ain't no doubt, right? All right. Take care. All right. That's our buddy Felix from Mobile. I love new callers, and that's that's twice in one week. So anytime the first one goes well and you hear back from them again, you know that we're doing something right. So appreciate him calling in. Yeah, and uh, 
since he is an Auburn fan, we hope to hear from him more often and, and think we will. We had a new caller a year or two ago, Snake, from yes. Pulaski County, Arkansas, but he <laughs> only calls in when Arkansas right. plays because he's actually an Arkansas fan. So we appreciate that Felix is an Auburn guy. Yep, no doubt. Good to hear from him. And we'll have more comments about uh, sort of the Saturday Down South discussion that's taking the show by a blaze. That's what we're looking for. It is talking season right. after a while. And so a lot of good conversations being had. We have reached the end of the second hour of our program today. We've got one more hour left to go alongside Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. My name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy and Brant Daughtry and Cam Berry. As uh, we've got one more hour to go until it's the weekend, and then it will be Memorial Day weekend. And yeah. again, we will not have a show on Monday. We'll be back on the air on Tuesday at 3 o'clock Central Time. And we hope that uh, we've got a lot of exciting things to talk about. This time of year, we find things to discuss on the program. Sports continue, maybe not at the uh, NCAA level always, but we'll have things to discuss. We'll know where Auburn baseball is going to be playing at the NCAA regionals. We hope that the Tigers are playing in uh, Plainsman Park, that they've got some home yeah, games. Yeah, that would be a best of the weekend that versus a, the worst of the weekend. There we go. We were looking for something a little bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's been a nice day outside. This whole week, we've had a lot of rain. It's made the SEC tournament in Hoover absolutely insane. But they've they're, had a day free of yeah, rain, right? Like they, it. Yep. They're getting through it. And they should have a weekend uh, full of, of sunshine, partly cloudy skies, low chance of rain. And uh, so they it feels like a- I do this from time to time. <laughs> but they should be able to finish the tournament. <laughs> yes, they're going to be able to finish the tournament in plenty of time for Monday morning selection show. That's what we like to hear then. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, I, we were sitting here earlier in the week saying, I don't even know if they can do the double elimination anymore, if they're just going to have to go to single elimination because they've got so many games. I mean, they're still they're still technically behind, but they're going to catch up basically today and tomorrow, and then I think Sunday should operate as normal. So right. they're, they're just having a few more weekend games. But, uh, yeah, no, it was – I mean, it was <laughs> – some, someone joked uh, that um, – uh, I think it was a professor at Auburn, I want to say, uh, said, I always enjoy the SEC baseball tournament because it always gives us a chance up to catch up on the rain that we haven't gotten in a 
in a long time. <laughs> yeah. so no doubt about fast. that. Yeah. We're, if we're in a drought, it will bring us out of the drought. Always. I mean, this time of year at that tournament, it's it's going to bring rain, and we have certainly seen that. Um, here we are on today's show. We've already had Tom Green from AL.com on the program to chat with us, gave us a couple of updates from his conversations with both Brian Harson and Bruce Pearl in Columbus a little bit earlier in the week. The Tigers announced they've got a Sunday game against St. Louis the day after the Iron Bowl, uh, which is exciting. A, a epic game against St. Louis this past season. Auburn won 74-70. KD Johnson had the game-winning bucket in the last 10 seconds of that one and a couple of free throws put it away. So that'll be a competitive game against two uh, you know, top 30 programs going into next season. So uh, exciting stuff there for basketball. For sure. I forgot that that was how that game ended. There were yeah, a couple. Very close one. Yeah. There, you know, looking back, there was no one guy who just continuously stepped up in clutch moments. But, you know, it, it seemed like every time Auburn got a clutch bucket, there was somebody. That, it was someone different. You know, I, the one that comes to my mind is Wendell Green against Georgia. Uh, absolutely driving to the bucket and laying that thing in at the last second. That was a... You know, that was a, you know, stuff like that. There was. I was in Athens for that game. Were you? My heart was pounding. Oh, yeah, I bet. Because I was like. I was in Auburn for that game. My heart was also pounding. I went went to go see some friends and I was like, we're going to beat the brakes off y'all. And we were. And then we weren't. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was probably the best half of basketball that Auburn played that year, followed by the worst that they had played up until that point. Won the game though. Now I don't remember where I was for that game, but I'm trying to. You're probably here. I'm trying to recall when that was. I was at my apartment. Yeah, I was Auburn, at my house. Alabama, yeah. yeah, you know, house. I was, I was distressed in the second half. <laughs> yeah, very, very I was. Distressed. I was sitting in sitting in an Athens bar, wearing Auburn gear. Mm. You know, mm. la- I was laughing in their faces in the first half and dead silence in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean. I don't know. I I try not to. First weekend in February, uh, Auburn softball. I try not to be Where around the enemy when the enemy's yes. being played. I also <laughs> just, I, I just I can't do it. I do my best to avoid Athens, Georgia, um, at all it's costs, at all town. time of year. It's not a great town. Um, but yeah, especially while Auburn is playing Georgia and something. All right, let's get into our topic of conversation here in the final hour of the program. And again, it'll take us into the weekend. We'll have a nightly TV guide at the very end of our show. But before we get to that point, let's do this. Did you see the latest headlines from the wide world of sports? Well, here are the guys to tell you if it's worth losing sleep over. It's time for Sports Calls, Big Deal, Little Deal, or No Big Deal. Big Deal, Little Deal, or No Big Deal. Last night, the Atlanta Braves lost 4-1 to against the Philadelphia Phillies against an NL East opponent. The Braves split a four-game series. They have yet to win three consecutive games in a row. They've also yet to lose three consecutive games in a row. And here this weekend, they play the Marlins in Atlanta. Ryan, are, are the Braves, their their lack of long win streaks or losing streaks and kind of where they're at at this point in the season. Where are you at with Atlanta? Big deal, little deal, or no big deal? Um, It's somewhere between a little deal and a no big, no big yeah. deal. Um, I will say a little deal, and again, it, it kind of – it's from a genesis of not even necessarily Atlanta's own doing, but just the fact that the Mets are are legitimate this year. Uh, they're they're getting injured, but it's not really affecting them so far. And and so I think that the issue is uh, 
um, the Braves are, are, are rounding into the same thing they had happen last year where they're just going to be around 500 for a, a long period of time. And what got them out of it last year was really good trade deadline acquisitions and, and fresh faces that came and, and all did their part, and, and the team just kind of grew together from the end of July, early August on. But you, you can't do that every single year. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you've you got to have Ronald Acuna Jr. healthy. And I'm worried that the Braves are going to have to deal with knit-knack injuries with him all year long because he plays the game hard and he's still coming off a knee injury. And as I've said before, when you come off a serious injury, sometimes you kind of over – over favor the other part of your body or other muscles and other other parts of you right and, and so and that feels like what's happening with ronald because he's already kind of pulled a hamstring now he's got a little bit of a quad issue he's got all these lower leg issues that are are kind of related to to having a significant knee injury and so i'm just worried that that ronald's not ever going to be able to be in the lineup for a good solid month in a row because he's going to continue to have three to five day to seven day injuries and uh and so you got that you will get rosario back in the middle of the summer so that will kind of resemble an acquisition if you will Uh, but he will have to hit because he had the worst three weeks or so two weeks that you can have and so i i think it's i don't want to just blow it off and say it's no big deal at all because at some point again the the switch will have to flip and i think that you have to worry that it this year there is a scenario where it's too late because the Mets could get too far out in front. But at the same time, you still have 120 games left or so. You 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 have an exorbitant amount of time, and Atlanta did it in a much shorter amount of time last year. So it's not a big deal yet, but come back to me in another 20 to 30 games, and if they're still doing this and the Mets are still playing well, then you're going to start to get in that point of no return. Kim, how do you feel? Uh, I agree with Ryan. Um, just, you know, we're not 100% healthy as a team. Uh, I mean, sitting at second in the NL East right now, 21 and 24, hovering around that 500 area, like he was saying. Um, can't really string together wins just because of injuries, and, and it is a concern with Ronald in these lower leg injuries, and you don't want to have those nagging. Getting Rosario back, I think um, – you know, the thing with his eye was definitely impeding his hitting. I think we can all agree um, that that was definitely a major issue. Um, so hopefully him coming back and and um, he'll be able to kind of hit a stride and that'll help the team um, overall. And, yeah, uh, yeah, just, just a little deal right now. But I agree. And in 20 to 30 games, you come back and ask me, it could be definitely a big deal. Things could change. They're in that stretch with 29 games. Uh, against opponents below 500, and you more really want to take advantage of this opportunity right. for Atlanta. Yeah, you want to take two out of three at least from all of these teams. You know, it's it's a matter of if you're going to lose a series, don't get swept, and if you can't sweep the other team, take two out of three. That's really where you're living with the Braves right now. And at the moment, it's it's not everybody can get hot at the same time. Dansby is a lightning rod right yeah, now, is. but no one else is really picking him up. Uh, and like we've, we keep pointing out, Ronald has these nagging injuries that you hope clear up. You still don't have Rosario back. Um, you know, there's there's just a lot of little things. And, you know, if everybody can get health, as long as you can hover around 500 and the Mets don't just explode and go on this massive run and just kind of put this thing to bed early, I think you can come back from, I mean, going down double-digit games. I, you obviously don't want to do that, but 
it's early enough in the season to where if the Braves can just hover around 500 and stay in second, you know, you don't want to have to be fighting for second place. Um, but if you can just keep that second spot and just really, I keep saying it, wait for the Mets to collapse because they do it every year, then, you know, I, I think the Braves are going to be fine. And I, I do agree that this year does feel a little bit different for the Mets. I think they're legit. But uh, I, I think the Braves are legit as well. And if they can ever get hot at the right time and get hot consistently, they can certainly catch up. So we'll see what happens with Atlanta when they get set to take on the Marlins this weekend. Remember, the every fishies. single baseball game that the Braves play, you can listen to it play-by-play. Play. Every single pitch, every out, every run scored on our sister station, AM 1230 WAUD. We are very proud to be your Lee County and Auburn Opelika home for the Braves radio network. Big deal, little deal, or no big deal here on this Friday edition of Sports Call. All right, Auburn baseball, the offense has kind of cooled off. Only eight runs over their last four games as they get set for the postseason. Got to play good baseball, obviously, if you want to keep your season going. Yeah. The offense for, for Auburn. Uh, big deal. Yeah, big deal because there's no time left. I mean, it, it's it's yeah. now. You know, <laughs> now it, never. It, um, it, they hopefully will host a regional. And another thing that we don't really focus on because it's always so valuable to be the host of regional, but, but something maybe just as practical about hosting a regional is that Auburn would get the opportunity to start against a team that would be one of the weakest teams in the NCAA tournament field. They would be a four seed in the regional. Uh, they would be considered to be a team that would not have gotten in unless they or, – or would not have gotten in without winning their own conference tournament in all likelihood because uh, usually you see those teams with smaller conference teams fill those four seeds. And so not to say that's a slouch. This is a sport of baseball, and we know upsets happen. Again, I gave the example a couple of days ago not to – belittle them but to say you know UAB beat Alabama twice this year in the midweek well Alabama just went and beat Arkansas three out of four times that probably give them yep. the momentum to make the NCAA tournament so th the sport can be like that and so I'm not saying that it's a walk in park however it gives you a better opportunity against a team that would not be as robust as the other teams in the region or other teams that are going to be seeds two and three in, in their respective regions throughout the country it gives you a slightly lesser opponent to try and get some of that positive momentum with the with the bat's head again. We've talked a lot about Sonny Deshera. Outside of Deshera, this team doesn't have a lot of power. Uh, it's a pretty good contact team, especially at the top with Rambush and, and, and some other guys. But, you know, this team as a whole, not very powerful. So the good news is Deshera has kept the power element to him despite having struggles with contact at the plate, but they need all their guys to be pretty warm because when you have a team that doesn't hit an exorbitant amount of home runs, you need three, four, five hits in an inning to really rack up a big inning if you don't get that long ball. So uh, it is a big deal because they are – I mean, we're, we're in the NCAA tournament. They've got to turn – uh, I think flip the switch has been a, a very used term here recently, but they've got to get it going immediately or they're going to have a short NCAA tournament. Yeah, absolutely. What Ryan said, it's postseason baseball. If you lose, you're done, you know, and you have to be able, you have to hope that if you're Auburn, that you've just gone through this cold spell and you've gotten it out of your system and now you're ready to play your best baseball again. Uh, you have to hope that that's the case. Because if you do continue to go cold, uh, I mean, like Ryan said, you're going to get a most likely weaker opponent if you host a regional. But 
you know, not everybody in that regional is going to be a pushover. Oh, no, and, no, no, no. And, no. you know, and God knows once you get to supers, then stuff's going to be really tough. So you have to hope that the bats can come back to life a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it's a big deal that Auburn's slumping, and they have to break it because they can't win uh, putting up one or two runs a game. Yeah, big deal. It's now or never. You know, and this Auburn team has just done too well the entire season to go out like this, honestly. Um, where they're not manufacturing runs and, you know, not being able to get hits. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, big deal. So here we go. We move forward. Big deal, little deal, or no big deal. Cam, let's go around reverse order this time. I'll come to uh, you. I... We mentioned it with Tom Green a little bit earlier in the program. You look at the Auburn men's basketball team roster for next season. Feels pretty solidified. However, on Wednesday, June 1st, that is the deadline for players in the NBA draft process to say I'm going to stay committed to this or I want to come back and maintain my NCAA eligibility. So we are almost to that day, and there are still some really big names out there on the transfer portal within the sport. Tyrese Hunter from Iowa State announced today he's going to go to Texas. Matthew Mayer from Baylor has announced that he will make his decision next week. A.J. Green is listed as the number three prospect in the transfer portal, not the Bengals wide receiver, but the two-time Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Year will be choosing between Iowa State and Duke within the next week. In college basketball right now, there are 1,700 players in the transfer portal. A year or a decade ago, we mentioned the worst run defense in a decade. Let's go back a decade ago, and there were 400 players in the transfer portal. There are now, on average, five players per team who enter the basketball transfer portal. Big deal, little deal, or no big deal? Um, I don't think it's... In a decade, from yeah, 400 I mean, players to that's 1,700, a, that's over four that's a, times that's a big more. Number. That's, a, that's a big number. I, I, don't, I, I think it's a little deal um, because you know, it, it gives players the opportunity to go someplace that they will fit best you know that's i feel like was the issue with players being able to having to sit out and and do all this stuff because you you say coaches can kind of quit and go do a new job whenever they see fit whenever it's ready whenever they get offered that job opportunity and players they have to sit out a year wait that could mess with their draft stock anything that they're trying to do with their potential basketball future um that i mean 1700s a lot that's a really really big number um, but I, I still don't think it's that big of a deal um, because it's it's getting players somewhere that they where they want to go. And, you know, it's unfortunate because I, I think not every player is going to get picked up, obviously. Um, but still, if you want to, you know, that's the risk that you take. Right. If, if you're going and you want to go out and try and find a better fit. And if you don't get picked up, that's that's one of the risks that you're taking in entering the transfer portal because, I mean, the grass isn't always greeter on the other side, but still you want to take that opportunity and try and find something better for yourself. So I, I think it's a little deal. Brent? Uh, I think it's a very big deal that that number has gone up that much. I think it's a direct result of the one-time transfer waiver. Um, I think if you had that a decade ago, you would see a, a, a much larger number than just 400. But I do agree with Cam in that it's a good thing. I think kids deserve the opportunity to come to a place, say, hey, this isn't working out for me. I need to go somewhere better for 
for for myself. I mean, let's take Devin Cambridge. Devin Cambridge is a hyper athlete. He's an incredible energy guy, but he was probably not going to get a ton of playing time here at Auburn next year. His offense has dwindled. Uh, he's a good glue guy. He plays good defense. He's a good rebounder, and he's a very high flyer. But fact is that he just does not bring a bunch of value to a team that's trying to win a national championship right now. Not as a not as a sixth or seventh man off the bench. Um, but it, he has the opportunity to go to Arizona to play with his brother, right? Play, to uh, play for a team that he's going to get a lot more playing time with Arizona Ari- State. Yeah. Arizona State, the state of Arizona, Correct. Arizona State. Um, but he's going to get an opportunity to play with his brother. Uh, I think that's. A, I think the transfer portal is a good thing. I think that sometimes it doesn't work out for these kids. I think more often than not, it doesn't work out. But I, I think that the kids having the option to go where they want once they get their feet wet in college is a good thing. But I do think it is a big deal that the number is what it is. Yeah, I also think it's a, a very big deal. And again, through a different lens than maybe even you two guys are, are viewing it, I, I think it's fine that kids can transfer, and I don't think it's a, a huge deal that they have you know, a, a one-time waiver and that sort of thing. But I think it's a very big deal for the sport because it, it changes the way that rosters are shaped and, yep. and changes futures yeah. a lot quicker. Um, teams that were really good this year were fundamentally built on guys – through the transfer portal as much as anything. Um, look at Auburn. I mean, obviously you had a great freshman, Jabari Smith, but you had Walker Kessler become the defensive player of the year. That was a transfer guy. Katie Johnson that started for you, that was very important in particular games and gave you great energy. It was a transfer portal guy. Wendell Green Jr., Zepp Jasper, transfer portal guys. You had a lot on this team that was the most successful regular season team Auburn has had. You look at other teams in the country. Look at, look at the other great team in the SEC that, uh, unfortunately for them, fell out the first round. But Kentucky and Oscar Chibwe was a transfer portal guy. Kellen Grady, their best uh, scoring guard, was a transfer portal guy. Severe Wheeler, uh, their best assist man, was a transfer portal guy. So this the transfer portal has fundamentally shifted the way rosters are formed in college basketball. So it's a huge deal because – any team is one great transfer portal class away from competing, not just for a quality team or NCAA tournament berth, but in these cases for a championship. And so um, even Carolina and Kansas, while their teams were not fundamentally built off of that, they had a key player in the case of Kansas, Remy Martin, who who was a, their sixth man, scored double digits off the bench, was a transfer portal guy. In the case of North Carolina, Brady Manick, who was a transfer portal guy at Oklahoma, that averaged double digits and had several 20-point games in the tournament. So every team is using this to varying degrees to, to shape their rosters and have had a lot of success doing it. So I think it's very a very big deal for the sport. 400 a decade ago to 1,700 players Oh, yeah. No, that's the exponential growth. That's yeah. crazy. And, I, again, this was inspired. We want to give you the headlines in sports. If you go to ESPN.com, Iron Metcalf has a really good profile talking to some of the biggest names in college basketball. Uh, folks interviewed in his story, Andy Kennedy at UAB, Chris Holtman at Ohio State, Kevin Willard at Maryland, Tommy Lloyd, the head coach of Arizona, Bob Huggins at West Virginia, Brad Underwood at Illinois. Why were those guys interviewed? Because they all transferred during their playing careers. Okay. And Andy Kennedy talking about going to NC State was a backup point guard on an ACC championship team for head coach Jim Valvano, who the player that started in front of him was a man by the name of Vinny Del Negro. 
And Andy Kennedy talked about the opportunity to transfer back closer to home where he went on to lead the Sun Belt in scoring back in 1990 for UAB. But, uh, yeah, it's just crazy to see some of those coaches that said, I understand I was afforded the opportunity to transfer, but this is chaos. And Well, <laughs> and, and Andy Kennedy used that transfer portal well. I mean, we talked about the upper echelon college basketball, but what, are the, what about the middle of it? Well, again, UAB is a team, proud program. It's the, actually second in the state in terms of NCAA tournament appearances. It has a history, but it nevertheless plays in a small conference. And so what did it do? It got a kid from Clemson two years ago. It got a kid from Ole Miss last year. It got a kid uh, in, in Jelly Walker from Tulane who almost was able to go pro. He was so damn good this year. Uh, and it had a kid from South Alabama. It had Jamal Johnson from Auburn. It, it, it had so many transfer portal guys. All but um, all but one guy in UAB's top seven was a transfer portal guy. At some point, transferred into UAB, and and that team made the NCAA tournament and won its conference. So, again, that's why it's so big to me because now all of a sudden you don't have to necessarily win the recruiting battle. It might set you back a year, but there are transfer portal battles to be won. And if you can set up a situation for transfers that know they can come in and and get a second chance or a new start or fresh start and and be able to have an impact and, and be able to still make an NCAA tournament team, you can do that at all levels of the sport now. Talking more about this story, I want to give this quote out here because I think this is funny. Uh, Andy Kennedy, of course, former Ole Miss coach, now the coach of UAB, doing great things uh, in the state and played at UAB after transferring from NC State. Here's his quote. So I went to NC State and I was a part of an ACC championship team. I was playing behind a guy named Vinny Del Negro, first team All-ACC in 1988, who ended up being a 12-year pro. So I was just a dumbass. Honestly, God rest Jimmy V's soul. If it gives him any peace, my knuckleheadedness, thinking I was better than I was and being impatient, I now deal with it 10 times a year, every year now. So it's coming back to me 100%. That's good. <laughs> Ten times, you're right. I mean, their own team. If, and, that, and, and UAB's not the only case here. And Chris Holtman at Ohio State is saying, I go through it as well. So it's just four times more likely you're seeing yeah. guys transfer than you were a decade ago. Big deal, little deal, or no big deal. Always fun here. We got to take a commercial break when we come back as we're nearing the end of a Friday show here on Sports Call. What do you need to watch for over the weekend? And also... What's on television tonight? What can I stream over the weekends? Those questions will be answered when we return here on Sports Call. Do you want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. We're wrapping up a Friday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM. I love Friday shows uh, probably because in the back of your mind you're thinking about the weekend Ooh. being there. I mean, everybody always is. It's human nature. Yeah, I'm always I, that's why. That's weekend. why I think that in school, where Friday's always the best day at school. Always. Yeah, our Friday's the best day for people working normal everyday nine to five jobs. Probably. 
because uh, you know the weekend True. <laughs> is right around the corner. So we have certainly had a lot to discuss on the show. And again, we appreciate our buddy Tom Green from AL.com joining us a little bit earlier in the program. Always good to catch up with him. As it is a Friday and the weekend is here, enough talking about it. Let's be about it. Here's Sports Calls What to Watch For. Sports Calls What to Watch For Over the Weekend. What to Watch For Over the Weekend here on Friday, May 27th of 2022. And coming up this weekend, we will have a couple of monthly prediction questions being answered. We're going to have NASCAR Sunday night. The greatest city in America, Charlotte, North Carolina, will host the Coca-Cola 600. I didn't know that was in the promo. Yeah, that's a bias uh, viewpoint Uh from me. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, the Coke 600 is coming up this weekend. Uh, Yeah, and we mentioned it earlier in the show. Uh, it, it's a long race, and uh, it's a war of attrition in, in some aspects of it. Um, Charlotte has always kind of been, uh, I, I would say, one of the racing capitals. I don't know if it's the racing capital because Daytona is so famous, uh, but but the, the NASCAR Hall of Fame is in Charlotte. A lot of the, the teams base themselves in the state of North Carolina near Charlotte because Charlotte's just a good generic mile-and-a-half track to do a lot of testing at and uh, it's just a good location for for NASCAR, um, but but the, the you know I, I think that it is not going to be if you're if you're not a NASCAR fan or you're trying to get in sport I do not usually say the Coke 600 is one to recommend because it is just a it's a long race it's not necessarily a cl- close proximity race it can be but it it doesn't it's not necessarily. And so it's more for the diehard that loves a good long race and uh, just enjoys kind of the history behind it. And I, I, I assume the other monthly prediction you're alluding to, JJ, if I may. Go ahead. The, please in, do. Is yeah. the Indianapolis 500 earlier in the day. IndyCar's top race, most famous track, I would say, in, in America. I think Indianapolis is still more famous than Daytona, even though it wouldn't be that way for NASCAR. But I think – what Indianapolis means to motorsports is just huge. And and so anyway, this race has been famous for a long, long time, well before NASCAR became a big deal. And what some people have done before is they have tried to race the Indianapolis 500 early in the day and fly to Charlotte to race the Coke 600 in NASCAR. Really? It's been done. I believe Tony Stewart has done it. (laughs) I think Juan Pablo Montoya did it, if I want to say. Could you guys imagine? And, and that's, that's, tough. that's absolutely not. Wow. That's, that's a lot of driving. In it's 1,100 miles of Ugh. racing. <laughs> and, of course, <laughs> it's completely different disciplines because you're open wheel in IndyCar going 230 miles per hour. Whew. And then you're in a stock car still going fast but going more like 175, 180. Uh, and, and so it's completely different discipline between – open wheel and and stock car let's just talk ourselves because you know we're everyday people we drive cars every day yep going on the interstate at 70 miles per hour is way different than driving around town at 35 indeed and now you're talking about 230 miles per hour to jump I wish people could see Cam's eyes just a moment. I mean, that's just wild to think about Cam yeah too too wild to think about I don't even like 
driving more than like I was seven to say, hours. Do you, do you have that big of a need for speed? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I drive like 75 on the interstate. Like I'm, I'm just cruising in the right lane, baby. <laughs> I, am, I am not. I am not looking to get where I'm going fast because what's the difference in like four minutes? You a know? right lane king. Yeah, we like I'm, that. I am yeah. a right lane cruise control. Let's ride, baby. Um, I've got my podcasts. Um, <laughs> But, well, I'm laughing because that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, I do drive a little does. faster because right. once you get into Florida, it's like mandated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please don't even that. I I don't know if I should say if you're going ten over, it not a care in the world by the police Must in that state. Nice. Not yeah. a care. Here you're probably getting pulled over. Yeah. There you're you're just they don't yeah. even care. They're looking for those twenty overs in Florida. Yeah. So you, you kind of mandated they have a lot to more, go eighty there, but they have a lot more yeah. like. <clears throat> But I'm I guess podcasting serious, it up. Too. Serious, yeah. uh, serious issues to deal with in Florida, other than people going 75 and a 65. Look, yeah, there's was, a gator in the road. <laughs> yeah, I was saying, I was saying, I, no, Lord. I don't have a need for speed, but I just got a ticket on Monday, so you know. Hey, oh no! Oh, oh, oh no! So, yeah, state trooper got me. So it is what it is. Oh man, this is the first we're hearing of this. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Some yeah. friends we are to camp. I I'm was, sorry, no, man. I was not happy on Monday. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, but you weren't um, going 230 miles no, per hour. No, I wasn't I going to. No, I wasn't. No, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, our show is almost over, so let's do this. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. I cannot believe what Brooks Childress has put on the Nightly TV Guide today, but here we go. All right. Oh, uh, no. Tonight multiple games of NCAA softball on ESPN and ESPN2. It is the Super Regional action taking place tonight starting at 6 on ESPN2. A couple of games already in action. Independence Day tonight at 6 on AMC. You've got Braves baseball at 620 on Valley Sports Southeast. The Braves and Marlins, Chip Carey, Jeff Francoeur broadcasting the game from the right field stands. Let's go. Which is really exciting. Someone hit them a homer, please, <laughs> and, but not the road team. LPGA Tour house. action at 6 o'clock on the Golf Channel. And then Phineas and Ferb across the second dimension at 6 o'clock on Disney XD. What is that? Did like they make a something for the kids, I guess? Like Did they make awesome? a Phineas and Ferb movie? Yeah. Yes. I think they've made two or three. Yeah, I think Are made you a serious? Yeah. yeah. Okay, but remember that we've talked about Phineas and Ferb on this show I before. Love Phineas yeah. and Ferb. And I haven't Did, seen wait. it. Did he put that, not the conference finals. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The conference finals are also I tonight. Love that you've dude. got uh I have I love a, that dude. You've got the Boston Celtics in I Miami. I have a playful bone to pick. And with then Stranger Things is Stranger out. Things. Season Stranger four Things of Stranger on Netflix. Yeah. The Obi Wan Kenobi show on Disney Plus. Yes, that came out. We'll yeah. also be watching that. Uh, I'm a big Circle fan. I'm going to be watching The Circle this weekend on Netflix. <laughs> Please watch good television. And uh, right? that is great television. That's yeah. a really good show. I'm going to win. That if you're going to watch trashy reality TV, at least watch good trash reality TV. I watch it all. I big watch bro- good, Big Brother. Bad, he watches all the trash. If you're like, really? hey, Big Brother, like I understand that. Yeah, like, I'm watching every time. He's a huge yeah. Big Brother guy. Too hot yeah, to handle. Know. Been watching. Already watched all three. Love seasons. Island, baby. I'm, I'm in season three right now. I mean, I'm watching it all. I'm all. Are over you a the Survivor place. guy or is it just? I haven't got there yet. All right. Oh, as soon as I there's start, an I will. To it, yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as I start, I will. But the circle doesn't really have that element. It's just a good show. Yeah. But you're right. You're right. That's the element. <laughs> I'm young and in love. All right, here we go. Uh, that does it for today's show. Thanks to Tom Green for stopping by. Ryan, awesome. Brant, Cam, I'm JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.